The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to the Forever Fab podcast, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madeira, the founder of the Holistic Plastic Surgery Philosophy and your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. In this podcast, we like to have intelligent and fun discussions around some of the things that we believe bring us joy, and that is fashion, art, the art of wellness, and the many faces of beauty. We love and enjoy the things that move us. We like to engage in conversations that inspire, motivate, educate, empower, and help to make the world a more beautiful place. We keep it refreshing and real, educational and entertaining, scientific and fabulous. This week's episode is dedicated to navigating your inner compass and reaching your North Star. The title of the episode is From Fashion to Tech, The Art of the Rebrand. This is my interview with Missy, the fabulous Missy Poole. To say that today's guest has been, has built actually, a legacy as a fashion executive is quite the understatement. Missy Missy Poole worked in retail leadership roles for over 25 years at brands such as The Gap, Ralph Lauren, and West Elm. She specializes in brand management, building dynamic teams, and strengthening client connections in both the luxury and mass markets in the United States and globally. About five years ago, though, Missy's compass pointed to a different direction. She pivoted from fashion and entered into the big world of tech. She now solidifies connections at Apple and helps to strengthen the bonds that help to make the company what it is. She has also worked on a number of diversity and inclusivity projects at Apple. Missy joins me today via StreamYard, connecting with others and herself to navigate not only our conversation, but her inner compass, and she will help you discuss how to find yours and navigate to your North Star. Missy, welcome! Dr. Shirley, thank you so much for that very warm introduction. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for your time. Congratulations on all of your success, and thank you so much for becoming a beautiful member of the Forever Fab community. I am grateful. Well, I am. I am grateful. I am honored. And thank you so much to be amongst all of the people that you've been connecting with during your time of this podcast. And once I met you, I knew that you had such great energy and I just feel honored to be here and to be with you. Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate your background. We are clearly 
in the company of some badass women. <laughs> so shall we get started? Yes, I'd love to. Okay. You are originally from Northern Virginia. Describe your journey from there to here to getting where you are now. <laughs> There's a story, isn't there? <laughs> yes. Well, I, yes, I grew up in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC. And I have to say it was a lovely place to grow up and have many great connections. And I grew up in a family that was uh, entrepreneurial. Everybody in my family is an entrepreneur. And I grew up wanting to be very independent. Mm -hmm. My mother, my parents would say I was doing my own thing from a very early age. And I, um, you know, just focused on my career. I remember in, in, in high school, I had this teacher that inspired me to be involved in fashion. And she mm. took us to a trip to New York City. And ever since that trip, I always knew I wanted to be in New York City and work in the fashion world. She had us connecting with showrooms of actually brands I ended up working for. Wow. And um, it was so inspirational. But later in life, it happened. And I knew I wanted to get here. But I started um, my career in fashion in high school. I remember working for Bloomingdale's, working for the fashion coordinator in Bloomingdale's. And I just loved being around uh, some incredible people in life and very dynamic women and being around beautiful things. And But it's funny because I didn't go to a fashion school. I went to the University of Alabama. Um, is that Roll Tide? It is Roll Tide. <laughs> yes, I love that you knew that. I'm, I'm so impressed. Uh, and I'm still an avid fan. I was at the games this year. And, wow. Uh, but wanted to go to a traditional school. And I did study fashion there. I know it's kind of unique um, <laughs> at Alabama. But uh, I knew I wanted to be in the business side of fashion. Mm. I don't have a creative piece in me. I, I couldn't do the design, but I knew I wanted to be in marketing or business. And uh, it comes from my family. My father uh, started his own business too. And I knew I wanted to go in that route. It sounds as if your career had been written in the stars, <laughs> right? How fortuitous, how blessed that you not only had a mentor in this teacher, your angel messenger, right? Who brought you to New York City. And that's when you said, oh yeah, New York, I'm coming for you. Yes. And then to expose you to fashion and the showroom. So to have had the introduction and the early exposure, not only to the mentor and to the environment, but also to the beauty of fashion and to have the appreciation for it. I mean, that that's pretty phenomenal. Not everyone gets that. And then I also have to commend you because you, you felt it, you understood it, and then you took it and you ran with it and you did it. Thank you. So that is pretty incredible. And I'm so happy that we're talking about navigating, right, your inner compass because you felt it. You were moved by it. Like New York City and the showrooms and the beauty of it all was emotional for you. And then you actually directed it so that you could make it happen. So what did working in fashion and retail teach you? that you use in your current position? Or, or what did fashion teach you that helped you to keep going? I'm sure there were tough times. Yes, there were absolutely tough times. I think some of the things that I learned in the industry and in the fashion world is to be resilient. The mm -hmm. fashion industry is uh, goes up and down. There's good days, there are bad days. 
but ultimately staying true to what our goals are from a brand vision. And uh, again, I work for some, I'm so lucky I've worked for some amazing people in my career that helped guide me and helped pick me up and lift me up and believed in me when mm -hmm. there were times where I didn't believe in myself. And so it taught me how to be a leader in this world. And I've worked, these, these leaders, I felt like I wanted to give back because they gave so much of me. And I reflect on so many of those people that were in my life that allowed me to be who I am, which encouraged me to accept others for who they are. And wow. I think being authentic and understanding what's important to oneself your own values, your own vision, and helping people foster that. And so that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing today is wanting to give back in that way and allow people to achieve their dreams. I, I feel like I've achieved such wonderful things in my career. I now want to help others do that in their lives. This conversation is going to get spiritual, Missy, I'm telling you. So the question was about what what did fashion teach you and that, you know, you use in your position today and you answered that beautifully. The sort of next related question is what did fashion teach you that you are currently using as life lessons? And you actually mentioned some of those being resilient, staying true to your goals and true to yourself, learning how to lead, giving back to the people who gave to you and to your community at large, being authentic and accepting people for whom they are as they are. So would you add anything else to those life lessons that fashion taught you? Yeah, so I think being humble also in a world that can be, it's easy to get swept up in mm. the beauty, the glamour, the, the cost, the investment that the yes. fashion industry creates too, is that People can find their own style and expression through their clothes, but it doesn't have to always be about wearing the best, the, the wearing the logo or the label, but it's really about expressing yourself and feeling confident in what you wear. And I think that was one thing that was really important to me in the fashion world as we were dressing women or finding ways to connect with mm. our clients. It's how do you help them express the best version of who they are and find their assets and physically and spiritually and mentally helping them bring out the best in who they are. So you and I then have something else in common, which is you're helping to bring the best out in women and people through fashion and style. And I hope I'm helping to bring the best out in women through my work in beauty. So it's another point where we have something in common. Okay. Energy. I love the synergy. <laughs> Many industries actually have shifted and changed over the past two or three years as a result of ongoing, unfortunate, ongoing social and economic uh, situations and circumstances. How, how has sort of fashion retail responded to it all? And is it enough? Is it enough that what fashion has been doing to maintain connections, to, to reach out to people who are, you know, having a hard time on every level? Yeah, I think it's such a great question. I think there's multiple ways that fashion retail can and has been supporting and people in this world that we're living in. I think that uh, creating an inclusive environment mm. and representation is really important. So people see themselves in yeah. the brands and whether it be 
race, whether it be body type, whether it be um, even the transgender world, that there are, it's clothing can be universal no matter what gender you are or how you identify as a human. And I think the conversation is just beginning. I think there's so much more to come. And I think what I want people to know is speak up, be vocal and stand up for what you believe in. And I think the world will continue to evolve in that way. I think vo voices were so strong over the last couple of years. And I know that brands are listening. You can see the evolution through yeah. how brands are representing and, and being open to that. And I know some of these very traditional brands, I've seen a little bit of the evolution, but like I said, this is ongoing, ongoing conversation. And I'm excited that people are listening and that there is there is movement happening. And I think in addition to that, there's a lot of opportunities in the fashion retail industry that many more people are getting an opportunity to participate in, whether as a consumer or as an employee. And I, I again, I'm excited to, to see what will continue to happen down the road. Well, that that's great. And to me, that your response affirms the adage, right, that says, um, if you can see her, you can be her. And I think we could modify that, right? If you can see and hear her, you can see and hear yourself, right? It's like the mirroring, right? As opposed to the sort of top down, you know, we are the fashion house and we tell yes. you to wear purple this year, right? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm gonna, you know, manage that one, but that so one's one of my favorite colors, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it becomes more of a, you know, collaborative. We are all sort of the same, similar, if not the same. and and. I like that. I like that sort of inclusivity and um, and inclusiveness that, that you speak about, which is what you are helping to do at Apple. And we will definitely get there. And getting back to retail and fashion, however, people may argue that retail slash fashion, that they're only about profit. And while that is paramount, let's not get it twisted, right? It, it is the business of business. While that it, profit is paramount, would you argue that it's actually the human connection that matters most, that underlies that profit prerogative? Absolutely. I think, again, more important than ever right now, I think something that we're all learning is how important that human connection is and how much more we rely on it. And it's it's part of what drives us. Mm. For myself, I will share that I did quarantine by myself. Uh -huh. And I am so thankful for my friends in my life that checked on me every single day via calling yes. me or FaceTime or um, some sort of connection with me. I thrived on that. I, I don't know how I would have survived without that. And yeah. I think that I now giving back to my friends that were there for me during those difficult times, but human connection is, is, fills me up. And I, you know, I, I think that understanding what is helpful to what drives you, I think is really important. And I think human connection, and I, I think we're, there's a lot that we're learning through that. Retail aside, um, what can you give us some examples of how we as individuals can strengthen connections to each other. And I ask you that question because of what you just said about having going, having gone through quarantine by yourself 
and how perhaps, you know, your mental state <laughs> and your spiritual state may not have been as intact or resilient had it not been for the connections to your friends who checked on you every day, who called you, you know, Zoomed you, sent you a joke, whatever. So retail aside, fashion aside, selling aside, marketing aside, how may we as individuals strengthen our connections? I sometimes feel badly if I haven't called a friend and I have, oh my God, I haven't called her in three months. And then it feels like I really should call because it feels like I have to keep up. But what are some examples to sort of gracefully and graciously strengthen our connections without them feeling forced? Yeah, I think just a little text. I'm thinking about you. I yeah. want to, I'll be, I'll be reaching out to you. It's just a few words just to acknowledge somebody. I think even on social media, sometimes I send messages really quickly through Instagram to of something that reminded me of somebody. Just people want to feel seen. Mm -hmm. They want to feel acknowledged. You know, I, I think that it's, it's, it can be so simple. And just letting people know that that you're on their mind, that they're there, and you're there. And say, you know, I had, I had somebody reach out to me last night. I didn't get back to them until three o'clock today, and I felt bad about it. But I, it was a quick. I'm, I, I'm not ignoring you. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's things are busy, and and then I just had somebody else. I hadn't responded in a couple of days. They just responded to me with a, a wellness check. That's all they got. Wellness. <laughs> <laughs> made me smile, made me realize if something happened, somebody's there. So yeah. it can be very simple, just a couple words to stay connected. But making an effort, yeah. I think, helps people. And it's not all about, you know, as in my age, in this life that I've, I've lived, it's not about the work. And I've, I've committed my whole life to my career. It's why I yes. ended up being alone. I don't have, not married, I don't have children but my whole life has been about my career. But now in my life, I've realized that I want to have this balance, this work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And so many people have been there. I, I went through some, I don't even know if I shared this with you, but I don't know if, know if we got, I want to get into it now, but I, I went through some difficult health things in the fall. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Thank you. Diagnosed. It's all good. It's all going to be good. But diagnosed with an autoimmune, which I didn't know anything about. Oh, wow. and I'm thankful for the doctors that I have. But in addition to that, what was so amazing, what helped me through it are my friends and yeah. my friends stayed with me and stayed connected with me, checked on me again through that. And uh, it's, it's, that's all we have in the end, yeah. our family, our loved ones. Yeah. And that's what life is all about. Our social network. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the diagnosis. I'm sure it will all be good. And certainly if there's any, any way that I could be of assistance and service to you that um, not only as a podcast guest, but truly as a friend that I'm here for you. Seriously. Thank you so much. You're welcome. About five years ago now, you began at Apple. What was involved? How did that happen? Number one, right? Because not everybody just goes to the Apple store in the, you know, in their neighborhood and yours was the Upper East Side and somehow land a job at Apple. So how did that happen? And what was involved in your decision to pivot into tech? Yes. So Ralph Lauren was uh, going through a lot of change and transition. Mm -hmm. And so I was a VP at Ralph Lauren and all uh, a lot of the VPs at that point were, uh, are, were being assessed. Our roles are being assessed. I'll say that. And I yes. had the opportunity to go out on my own. And mm -hmm. I actually started my own consulting business, working with different brands 
and uh, around and doing the things that I love to do. It's talent acquisition, leadership development, coaching, and clientele relations. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing that, somebody from my life at Ralph Lauren introduced me to somebody at Apple. Now, I wasn't going to work for another corporation again. I was loving this life of my own and being having that flexibility after working 25 years in the industry. And so I thought this was just a networking conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, yeah, sure. I'd love to meet somebody with Apple. And I meet him. And wow, his values aligned with exactly what my values were with about protecting the people that are on the front lines every single day of the customers. And I said, as I I wasn't going to work for another corporation, but (laughs) this is the person that I would work for because of his values. And then he introduced me to my current boss who has the same exact values of ensuring that the people on the front lines are heard and the, and they're valued. And so that was really important to me when I joined Apple. Wow. I Frankly, I would have never expected that a tech executive would use that metaphor, right? Protecting the people on the front lines. I mean, I'm in healthcare. I kind of understand the front lines and the pandemic, et cetera. But so that a, a person who works in tech would have spoken that way, that is really very interesting. So now how did that metaphor actually translate into what you currently do? Like what is your role at Apple and how do you do the magic that you do? Yes. So well, I can't tell you all the magic. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, you, you'd have to kill me. So <laughs> I, I can't. Can, I can tell you about me personally. Um, but as, as uh, you know, I, there was an opportunity at this Apple Upper East Side location to be the flagship leader. And that's, what my position led to. And so I support the leaders. I support the uh, the teams in their development and their coaching for the employee experience and the customer experience. And Fantastic. so that's basically what we do as, as uh, flagship leaders. And I also work on some other responsibilities around volunteering for our communities and are um, setting up community events and inspiring our team members to participate in the community as well. So two sort of spin-off questions off of that main question. I'm not gonna ask you about any more magic. So the next time (laughs) I have an issue with my 2015 laptop, (laughs) I can just call you, right? (laughs) Definitely, well, we could definitely set you up for an appointment and uh, yes, absolutely, we're happy to help you and share with you all the of a new new laptop. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> and secondly, speaking of community programs, I, you know, I'm sure you are familiar with City Harvest since we have a mutual friend and Miss Sandra Repair. Um, yeah. It would be fantastic to be able to get all of our heads together to think of something absolutely fabulous to combine tech with solving the problem of food poverty. I mean, there is a way, there is a way, there is a way. So I love the way you think. Yeah, there's, there's got, I know there's a way and bringing, you know, beautiful minds together with, with the best of intentions. I know we can do it. So that'll be our next sort of key key. I love it. <laughs> so you told us the story about how you were introduced to this person, your values were the same. And once you realize that your values were the same with, um, 
this executive at Apple with whom you, you now work, how did you actually know it was the right move for you? I mean, you were loving your life. You had this independence. You, you know, you were busy, you were working, you were doing what you love to do. You were in the industry that you adore and yet you had a different opportunity. So how did you actually know and feel using that sort of inner compass as your guide that it was the right move for you? It was what really stood out to me were the values of the organization and, and to work with people that really listen and that truly listen and value individuals and our core values around sustainability, mm. privacy, and, yeah, yeah. and wanting to make the world a better place. Oh. And, you know, Tim, our CEO says this all often is leaving the place, leaving the world better than we found it. And I, we've been very lucky to work for such an incredible human. And I just, I, it's a company where we are allowed to be ourselves. Yeah. And so I feel very grateful to be part of this. And there's so many other benefits of working for the organization. Um, and so I, I, I truly know that I made the right decision and confident in my decision and feel very fortunate. I love that you said that. So that's another thing that we have in common, right? Part of maybe one aspect of that North Star for you is making the world a better place, leaving it better than how you found it. And for me, it's helping to make the world a more beautiful place inside and out, right? One person at a time. So despite what you're going through on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, whatever, sort of maintaining that North Star and knowing what your purpose and intentions are, that helps guide you to doing the next thing. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think understanding what your vision in life how you want to be, what you want to be known for, mm. I think is so important in every decision that you make. When I was on my own doing my own thing, it was working with business owners and they would ask me questions about, is it right to do this? Is it right to do this? I said, well, think about what your end goal is and every decision will come easy for you. Ah. Once you understand you have your, what your North Star is, how you make decisions it will, it will, they will guide you. It's not about me telling you what's right, what's wrong. It's does it align with what you want to be known for? That's beautiful. I wrote that down. <laughs> now it seems obvious, Missy, that fashion and uh, tech are vastly different, but to you, how are they similar? Well, I think nowadays technology can be an extension of your wardrobe and <laughs> an expression of yourself. And I think there's so many ways that you can express yourself through your technology, whether it be being a photographer, being a videographer, um, pursuing your passions through um, ways that you work out. Now people work out on their phone virtually or um, the music that you listen to. I think it's it's definitely an extension of your life and what, what one loves to do. And yeah. I think that's how fashion also expresses who you are. And you can actually change the color of your phone or your case or your watch bands. And I think there's some really exciting ways that people can utilize technology uh, in their, in their wardrobe. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm actually wearing my little ring tracker 
Yes. Right <laughs> yes. So Do cool. you? Yeah. Right. Do you see an increasing role um, of tech collaborating with fashion? You just mentioned wearable fashion. But um, moving even further ahead, what do you anticipate? What, like, what, what should we like, think about for the future of collaborating or mixing, merging fashion with technology that we should be excited about? Well, I've been doing a lot of research about this and I'm still learning, so I won't be able to answer all the questions about it. But there's something that's very exciting that I just saw my previous organization speak to is mm -hmm. the metaverse. Oh, yes. Talk to me. I'm not sure I get it. I'm not sure I get it yet. <laughs> well, we're in the metaverse right now, actually. Okay. So it's really anything virtual. But um, I just saw an article where Ralph Lauren is going to be launching shopping in the metaverse. And so wow. it's it's there's so many different ways and different aspects that people can uh, discover themselves and discover what's important to them in the metaverse. Yeah. I think that's a part of it. I think there's also the crypto. Oh my gosh. That is also very intriguing to, to watch. I don't have an opinion about it either way, yeah. but I think it's um, something to, to learn and watch out for. I think right now we have contactless payment, which I think is True. something that is, uh, has been growing a lot. And I think there's so many things. And then I, the Cooper Hewitt Museum actually did a wonderful exhibition about technology, accessibility um, mm. for people with disabilities and how technology on their garments can wow. help people live a more beautiful life yes. and live, you know, how they, how they uh, can help with their disabilities or their accessibility needs through technology. All amazing exciting and frightening at the same time, right? I'm sure there are people who are super excited about these upcoming or potential technologies. And on the flip side, there are people who are just like, no, that they're putting microchips. <laughs> you know, I did get vaccinated. And when people ask me, did you get vaccinated? I respond, yes, I am fully microchipped. <laughs> so it is what it is, right? <laughs> Many opinions about that too. Oh yeah, beyond, beyond. You've been listening to part one of the Forever Fab podcast with my fabulous guest, Missy Poole. Stay tuned for part two. You've just listened to part one of Forever Fab podcast. Please stay tuned for part two coming up next.